Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 750 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, November 1st, the third time I've said that today, even though all the episodes are not coming out on the same day. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and it's time for another Fireside Chat, which means I'm joined by Nick Pollock. What is happening? It has been too long since we've done a Fireside Chat, and... it has been. And you know what? Like I said, did three pods today. Uh, you're actually the third of the three. Justin's is already live. Ours is going to come out in, you know, hour, hour and a half from when we start this. And then I did one with Dusty that's going to come mm. out on Monday. Now, if I was smart, I would have said it's, you know, Monday, November <laughs> 4th or whatever. But we don't care. I, it doesn't matter. Right? right. I like I like the peel of the curtain back. They're all recorded on the same day. And uh, and they're coming out in a little bit of a disjointed order. Now I did do the numbering right. There have been times where I've had this sort of thing, and I'll say like, uh, I record with you early, and I say it's going to be 7:50, even though it ends up being 7:51. So that gets all mixed up. Sure, I did that can do be the hard. Episode numbering properly here, and you're right. It has been too long. I mentioned when I t- was recording with Justin. October's the decompression month. It is. So we all kind of peel back a little bit, breathe, enjoy the playoffs without having to, you know, really be dialed in on well, how's this going to affect playing time and all that. Just enjoy baseball. Yeah. That's how I feel. And so, uh, you know, we still do work. Pitcherless was still putting out stuff. Rotographs was, but the volume comes down. Yes. We get to breathe a little bit, but crank it back to 11 starting today, November 1st. Mm. So I know you and I are going to be on more of a weekly schedule. You're actually going to be in my town next week. That's right. We're going to have some more details everyone, on that. Yeah, everyone's got to come. We might as well mention it here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Austin on Saturday, November. I guess that's November 9th. 9th. Yes. Uh, we don't know where. I'm going to put that on, on Spore to choose. I'm not that familiar with Austin. There's got to be a nice place yeah, I it's mean, honestly, be. there's some, there's some, uh, there's some bar like, where are you? I, I guess we'll talk about this offline, but I need to know where you're gonna be. Sure, don't want to put it like way too far from where you are. No, no. Then we'll tell people, let them know. But I, I've got some places in mind. Nice. There's a place called Cover Three that has multiple different places, so it's a real nice sports bar and lovely grill type of thing. It's not quite like overly rowdy douche sports right. bar. <laughs> But it has a you know good balance. Right. Yeah, we get well, some food, hang out, talk some baseball. Exactly. We'll be there okay. midday, probably around four o'clock, something like that. Yeah. Just come by, hang out, meet us, and talk baseball. Come, come by, you hang know? out for three hours or so, and right? Just, just chat exactly. Some it should be food. a super fun time. We hope that you come by. Um, so so look forward tuned. to that. Stay tuned to Twitter for details on exactly where that'll be. It'll be yes. free to attend. We'll just be hanging oh, of course, out. Yeah. And um, yeah, so. Like I said, dialing it back up. You and I are going to be back on the weekly grind with these, save the occasional miss for holidays and what have you. Mm-hmm. But um, I know Picture List is is ready to get back into the full gear here of breaking down the 2019 season and getting ready for 5.0 in a couple months from now. Uh, but we had to talk some pitching. You've posted your recent list. Yours is more recent than mine now. It came out the day the season ended. Mine's all the way back from August, so I'm due for an update. I was on August 15th. Yours is uh, September 30th. Do you, do you think we're going to have a fiery side chat when that happens? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, probably, <laughs> because I'm going to do um, a deeper one. I only did 30-plus honorable mentions. Right. You did 100. And once we kind of get into those middle tiers, even though we'll have we'll have the basis, the, the knowledge that you can go a lot of different ways here, we'll probably still have some, some sharper disagreements on players as mm-hmm. to, you know, 
why we shouldn't like them or why we should based on where we stand. But I did want to kind of dig into your rankings here and talk about a handful of guys that I mostly want to question you. I don't vehemently disagree with the ranking on all of them. Some I do, but for the most part, it's it's let's dive deeper on these guys and talk about them a bit. And we'll start at the very top with one of the studs of the season who's definitely got a lot of favor right now because let's be honest, he won some people some leagues. It's, oh, yeah. it's usually difficult to say that about one person. You know, It takes the whole team. But when you put up a pitching performance in the second half like uh, Jack Flaherty did, you can almost single-handedly take a team to a title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a points league, the kind of points he's putting up week to week are just insane, particularly on like a two-start week. In a roto, he is just doing so much positive work on the ratios with the strikeouts, grabbing seven wins in the second half. So Jack Flaherty was amazing. The craziest thing about it is if I if we had talked about him in June, which I'm sure we did in passing at some point, there'd have been a real negative tenor to what we were talking Definitely, about. Definitely, yeah. 701 ERA in June, and he completely flipped the script. And you know what, what it reminds me of a little bit is Herman Marquez. Well, right. He's the, the constant comparison is the second half wonders. Also, there's Walker Bueller, and there's also Zach Wheeler, who went on these ridiculous yes. stretches in 2018. Jake Arrieta in 15. Yeah. Well, uh, Jake Arrieta, of course, already had the same... Uh, he, he was already a top 15 guy at that point, top correct. 10. While These Flaherty... Right. Herman Marquez is the best comparison there because it was a, a tougher first three months, and then the yes. final three months are much better. And it's so uh, fresh. It's uh, it's they're gonna see a lot of those comparisons, and so here let's yeah. just say this right off the rip, he doesn't have course to contend with. So right, right there, it's vastly different. Mm-hmm. He's got more of a neutral ball, ballpark. Jack Flaherty does with Bush Stadium. You've got him 14th in those early rankings. I had I had him 18th. Now that was in August 15th, and he had another month and a half of excellence. Right. You'd think I'd be moving him up. I'm a little bit nervous of betting on these big second halves, though. I understand that completely. And so, yeah. you know, I don't think 14 is holy smokes egregious, but I am wondering how confident you are. Now, you're like me, right? Sometimes we rank guys because we know that's kind of where they're going to go. And it's not saying that we don't believe in it, but we know that we're probably not going to end up with them. Mm-hmm. Does Flaherty fit in that for you? Or is he somebody that you're looking, you know, if it push comes to shove and it's he's the 15th, 14th through 17th pitcher on the board and you're looking to take a picture – you're going to dive in. Where, where do you actually stand on him versus the ranking? No, no. I, I put Flaherty specifically at 14 with that in mind of like, if he's the 14th, I'm taking him. Okay. Um, there's a lot to be said about that second half from Flaherty. There are going to be some people that are just going to talk about the hotel, right? The, the Holy Trinity equating luck, the incredible fortune uh, that Flaherty had uh, in that stretch. The components of which are BABIP, left on base rate. Yeah. And uh, uh, homer per fly ball homer rate. Fly ball so rate. all of those ridiculous sub 200 BABIP, 95% left on base rate, 6.7% homer per fly ball rate in those 16 starts where he had a 0.93 ERA. Okay. At some point though, you're contributing to that one. Well, that good. well, this is okay. So, so the I'm, I'm just talking about what the I expect oh, people to say. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Right, and I mean, even then, it does add to a 323 Sierra. So you know, 0.93 ERA, 323 Sierra. I. Oh, there's so much to say. Okay, so first of all, he deserved a lot of his success. If you watched, all you needed to do is just watch the last game he pitched all season against the Cubs, yep. where he he just cruised. If you just uh, just watch the game, he deserved every single out that he got. Unbelievable sliders down to the zone. Very rarely did he make a single mistake with that pitch. Fastball perfectly spotted as well. 
it, it was glorious. It was exactly what you want an ace to be doing. And we what often a cherry talk on top too, by the way. Oh yeah, I mean, completely. We can make the easy joke of how nice it was because it was sixty nine pitches, but to go seven innings, yeah, it was just easy. Sixty nine pitches, it was so easy. That's... And it's not like the Cubs were so overtly aggressive that they got him out of it. He just wasn't throwing balls. He was throwing perfect strikes that they had to do something to, and they, they had couldn't. no choice. Yep. Right. So it, that's kind of how he pitched. And we talked about two pitch pitchers not being good choices. Not because you can't be effective with only two pitches. That's not the case. It's that oftentimes you won't have both. And yes. you can't survive just on one. That's, That's why point. two pitch is bad generally. But if you're Rich Hill and you have a really good curveball and fastball and they're both always on, then it works. You know, It's not like it's something that is a necessity uh, as long as it's working. And it worked for 16 games. Uh, yes, he did have his curveball he threw in there. But I am I believe that the fastball and slider were so good that it has made his curveball. is pretty average, not really a pitch that he could turn to as a secondary, as like his primary secondary pitch, which always will crack me up. I can't get over that phrase, primary, secondary pitch. But uh, his curveball is not that good. It, it's it's kind of average, and it's not really that strong third pitch that you need. Same with the changeup, or if you want to call it. Well, two-seamer is an interesting story, too, because that was a ridiculously good pitch, too. All of a sudden, he threw this like 10% of the time, and it had over 10 p-val in that Yeah, stretch. just a little little mix-in two-seamer there for Flaherty, which right. was actually vastly different from his four-seamer. Sometimes they are too close together that even though the the pitch fx or pitch info differentiates them when you're watching a game the the announcer never mentions it it doesn't look any different it, it, it just has that like little bit of tail but it's not that different his was a diver like his had distinct differences particularly in the second half for flarity that you were talking now four pitches even though two of them the curve and the two seamer weren't so heavily used but you had you had to be ready right and and i will say this about flarity's uh sinker uh, you know, I'm going to say like a fastball because you can't really tell. You can really tell, especially considering that it was about two miles per hour lower on the sinker. Mm-hmm. So it got a lot of ride on that. And it was only 8.1. It wasn't 10, but 8.1 uh, uh, pitch value on something that you threw 13% of the time in 16 starts is That's gross. really good. Because <laughs> it's a cumulative thing. Right, exactly. And, and so, you need to throw you know. it a lot to get those positives. So essentially all the, all the times they threw it was just positive for the most part. And that command on top of that was really surprising. So if you take all of that, it's all deserved. The question that you have to ask is, and this is the one that's so hard, is, well, he was in rhythm then, but is he going to be in rhythm the next time? And you even brought up Jake Arrieta. He had that 2015, and not to say that 2016 was bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't him picking up where he left off. And oftentimes that's the case. They get into this feel, and that's it. And, yeah, it's very difficult to do. At the same time, we saw Walker Buehler get into that groove and then just stay there. And it could happen. It could not. I will say the fastball was much better than I expected. It actually overperformed the slider in for that Flaherty. stretch. Yes, for Flaherty, yes. Uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a two-pitch mix that I actually compared him to Lance McCullers initially. And I'm, I'm wrong now. I take that back. Because Flaherty's fastball is way better than any heater we ever saw from Lance McCullers. So it's actually two pitches. It is legitimately two pitches. I don't know if I really trust that sinker to be this effective again. But, sure. But that's something to be said. No. So the, the worst case is like he turns into a four ERA guy. But honestly, he, I don't expect the same second half. But he should be like a three three ERA guy. I, I see that. See, that is a question for me, though, with regards to Flaherty of um, what if he learns a pitch? Sure. You know, what, what if, what if he, what if he finds, figures something out 
that uh, that really does stick, whether it's the two-seamer or the knuckle curve or a change-up from somebody else, whether it's a coach or, or a teammate, something like that. There is always that. Now, you don't draft on that, right? You're not going to say, well, oh, of he's, course, going, right. he's going to learn a third pitch. I'm Anyone could, him. theoretically, so exactly. you can't But do it's that. in the back pocket of potential. And then, of course, if you saw that he was doing that in February and March, then you'd have a lot more um, encouragement there. Again, so my concern is is not massive. I'm not saying push him down to 25 or anything like that. When we're at these top spots, we're making three-spot moves, which feel more colossal, um, mm-hmm. even though they, they probably aren't. You have them right behind those, Severino, Kluber, and Otani, and it's like, well, they all come with their own host of questions. Well, right. They, even, well, even right. Carrasco. So I think the people that you have them behind do make it tough to really put them down too far. I had them at 18. I had already mentioned that Bauer was going way down in my next update into mm-hmm. the 30s, so that's gone. Charlie Morton, if I'm just kind of comparing the two of them, I think the age wins out because not not just because age makes you better, but because if the talent's equal, then give me the younger guy. Sure. So then it becomes Flaherty versus Nola, Castillo, and Corbin. But even if I just put him ahead of Bauer and Morton, I guess I have him at at 16 at that point, and I'm really not that far from you. I really wanted you to just highlight how much you trusted him or how much you were putting Flaherty there because, quote-unquote, that's where he belongs. And yeah. it looks like you absolutely trust him. Well, I mean, it's it's nuts because I've seen people say that he's a top 10 starter. See, that the market is is going wild. Now, the two early right. mocks the season wasn't quite over, but he went as high as – he was the 11th starter on average, and he went as high as pick 31, so, which means – so uh, the of the names that you've round. mentioned, uh, I have Castillo ahead of him. I honestly, if someone's going to fall from my top fifteen, it's going to be Castillo. I think, but uh, it's Castillo, Kershaw, Strasburg, Corbin, Snell. All those guys are above Jack Flaherty to me because I mean, each one of them, I think, I just trust a little bit more. So uh, Nola's not right, and you Nola is a not time Nola guy. I'm because now, he was undervalued then. Yes. Now, let's do a quick detour here because he's not fully on our list, and I I don't have a dispute with your ranking. You do have him at 23. Mm -hmm. Um, He seemed to finish better. Uh, Well, actually, not his Well, yeah, his September starts weren't. Yeah, his September was bad, but he had like a three-month stretch, essentially, June, July, August. Exactly. So from June 21st on (laughs) – If you just take his last 19 starts, almost split his season almost in half. 15 starts, then 19. First 15 starts, 489 ERA. Last 19 starts, 319. But that's even with three five-earned run outings in September. So he did kind of sputter to the finish line, even though he was cruising, particularly in August. Now, do you have a different assessment of, of Nola if the price comes down? Because right now it's not. He's the seventh starter off the board, so you're easy – out on that. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how. I mean, obviously, of course, the September brought that down because you were talking about the two early mocks, yes. which September was much worse, and it's surely not going to stay at seven for Arnola. What if he pushed to? Well, obviously, you know, it's going to be higher than your ranking. But is there a price in the top twenty where you'd still buy him? Top twenty was a top seventy pick, essentially. I, the- I don't think so. I think I I enjoy Arnola a lot because when it works, it's really beautiful. It's he's a guy that. When he's feeling that heater, uh, able to sling it across and hit the outside corner two-seamer that starts off the plane, comes back into right-handers, they're just befuddled, have no idea. Then it's a really nice change-up to pair with that that has a lot of fade on it. And then 
this massive curveball, which I think still might be one of the higher picks in the PVAL draft yeah. uh, come in 2020. So it's it's a very nice repertoire when it all works, but I, I, the reason I have him lower than most is, well, his mechanics do speak towards volatility. The way that he does come across and he gets into a rhythm. I mean, this is something that we don't talk about enough, I think, is that pitchers in rhythm, they get the feel for it. It's such a feel thing pitching. And you have those ups and downs, those complete hills of a season because there are guys when they're just trying to figure it out again, get find that release point, and then all of a sudden, man, man, they got it. Okay, cool. Let's go off for like two months as I have my fastball again. It's beautiful. And then also get the whiffs of my curveball like Aaron Nola did. And then oh, it disappears again. Something else just happened. I got a little bit more hurt, and I can't actually get what I wanted before. I do worry about Nola doing that for a full year of, like, he did in 2018. I think that was incredible. I think that was the absolute peak, but not a plateau. Uh, And I see it more as we're going to see a lot of these sales. Now, that's a range. Sure, it was closer on the four-year side than the three-year side last year. It could be closer to the three-year side for Aaron Nola this year. But it's going to be around there. It's it's, I don't really think he's ever going to have that magical 2018 season again. Um, and there is the possibility of over four ERA. So it's a little concerning for me given the repertoire. And I also see a lot of guys ahead of him. Kluber, Severino, Carrasco, those guys that I have ranked higher. I think they have a higher chance of that sub three ERA season. Um, okay. Even though they have their injuries and stuff, I think there's still that ability in the tank. You also have our next guy ranked higher here that I do want to talk about is Tyler Glass now. Now, one thing you did have the benefit of is seeing him in September when you ranked him. I kind of parked him as an honorable mention, acknowledging that he had improved command and control uh, that was driving his breakout. Didn't really know what to do with him until I saw something. Um, Neither of us had the ranking for uh, knowing that he pitched in the playoffs. But the bottom line is he finished the season on the mound, which is helpful. I think I'll move him up in my next ranking uh, from honorable mention into the – I mean, well, I'll I'll be going deeper than 30, but he'll probably be toward that 25 to 30 range, which would still be below you. Now, with Glass now, aren't we dealing with another two-pitch situation? Oh, yeah, completely. Curveball and fastball. And, you know (sighs) – I'm still a little nervous. Now, he made command oh, gains without a doubt, right? Mm-hmm. I, I cannot deny that. I wanted to see it. I said, show it. He showed it. 6% walk rate, 5.9 hits per nine. Like, he was he was spotting very well. Homer per nine was 0.6. A lot of great stuff to like. We still don't have a full season, though. So what can we really Definitely expect volume-wise, too? Well, that's Where a great question. Where yeah. now with two pitches and and volume pending? So volume pending, I mean, yeah, the Rays are certainly going to vol- uh, baby him in some way. He's mm-hmm. going to be more of a five to six inning guy as opposed to six and seven that you want from a from a one B or something along those lines. Uh, so those that are are hoping for that kind of volume, mm, I would say more around one eighty, and you'd be super happy. Uh, one eighty, great, right? Could easily be one sixty, but I mean, injury wise aside. Let's just say that he's just a, has a season. I mean, that's that's how you have to kind of treat it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, is going to be 180 as opposed to the 200 plus that you would get from someone else that avoids injury. Um, now with Glasnow, it's I call him an area pitcher, which okay. means that his fastball is in the area of up, and yeah. you don't really know if it's like going to be in or out or how up. It's just kind. It's just in that zone. Because maybe he doesn't know right so, so much of the time. I want <laughs> exactly, um, and sometimes it can be really far in doing that and really far away. 
Um, and then his curveball is going to is the area pitcher of being like super down. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's bounce, bounce, bounce. Oh, there's one that's tempting. Bounce, bounce. It's it, this is the game of Glasnow. But the thing is, it's so effective. It, it it's really hard and incredible deception. So think I think of this in many ways like Carter Caps in that ridiculous oh, wow. like second half, right? Where he was throwing that fastball and slider, where it was just like guys are just I don't know what to do with myself. And obviously not necessarily to the extreme where he had, I think, like, what, a 50% strikeout rate? Well, Carter yeah. Capps did. But it's similar in the sense of the swings you see in the get-bats that people have against Tyler Glasnow are very much of just, oh, boy, I have no idea how to handle this because it's very hard, very aggressive movement, and has a lot of extension. So it gives yep. innately less time to react. The only way they knew how to get to him was when he was tipping pitches. He right. had to give right. them a read. And even that, you know... I know Rays fans would have preferred if he fixed it earlier, but he still fixed it in the second inning. And then it was great, was great in the yeah. second and third inning, which tells you that it's like that. That It's just crazy. Like We talk about how it's a game of inches, and we usually mean like a ball that could land fair or be a homer versus an out. Sure. It could be a game of inches, too, of holding your glove a couple inches lower so you're right. not tipping your pitches. It really is crazy how often that cliche comes into play and uh, unfortunately ended Glasnow's season on a sour note. But he is really interesting. Now, the two early mocks had him at pitcher 26. Mm-hmm. To me, that's going up. So I don't yes, even know that we I agree with give that. too much I, love to that. I, I think, I, I, think I mean, I think Glasnow is a perfect example of a young guy that's going to be favored over the old. So yes. this, even if you want to throw Severino in there, fine. But like Kluber and Carrasco and Grinky, Grinky and Morton and yep. Morton, all those guys, I think, are going to be pushed lower underneath Glasnow and ADP. And I, I mean, I got to see Dave Potts twice uh, in first pitch Arizona. I, I love him. Uh, <laughs> I never really knew much about him before David Potts. And all he says, I hate children. He hates children. And <laughs> that was brilliant. Just being like, night. I will take every old guy. Um, over that and I agree with him here for the most part Um, my concerns about Morton aren't necessarily his age but it's more of his durability which I guess could be with age but it's just that his entire season has been laced with injury and I still do not understand Mm. how he just did what he just did and even bit of 2018 though he did get injured by the end Um, but uh, with Glasnow I don't know it's a risk it's so alluring there's such a high appeal for Glasnow considering you watch a game it's just oh man when it works, but considering, as you sure. said, he doesn't know where it's going. Uh, that does preach over a long sample that you're going to have a lot of bad days. Exactly. So, so I'm, I'm a little on the fence about it. It's a, uh, I don't know. I, I put him at 21, but it's ahead of Morden Nola and Lynn who are, I don't necessarily love anyway. So it's, yeah, I kind of just thought him there after Giolito. Okay. Okay. I got, I got, uh, I don't have a whole lot of issue with that. I'm, I'm, going to be doing more work on glass now in the off season to see if i'm ready to draft him as like a one b type mm-hmm. when it's on it's beautiful and I, i've been a known uh you know detractor of glass now saying show me something but like i said he did show something right so i have to give credit where it's due because he absolutely showed something this year worth noting let's move on to the older side of the of the ledger here and talk about somebody like lance lynn who i don't really uh, have a beef with the ranking. I wanted to just bring him up because 
I feel like you and I are going to be among the higher ones. You even mentioned that you might have a, a, an early downgrade the next time you do an upgrade or, or the next time you do an update of mm -hmm. moving him from like 24 to 28. But yeah, even it's that, not it's not big. But yeah, I did find myself in the mock drafts being like, ah, I kind of do want Woodruff or Gray or Darvish ahead of Lynn. But yeah, that's about but even it. that's going to be higher than most people. So I think we need to, you know, highlight for folks just how good. Uh, Lance Lynn has been and explain to them what what we're looking at here because this didn't just start this year It started when he went to the Yankees and really did some things uh, For them to close out the year So talk to me a little bit about Lance Lynn and why he's a at least a top 30 guy for you. I, I just I mean I, If you can give me one thing about a pitcher that said like hey if you can build a foundation of a pitcher And this is their best attribute like you're making your player in you know the show or whatever it is Like what's the best mm -hmm. thing they have? Well, it's a four seam fastball. Give me a bad, it's, it's uh, got to be bad that the bone fastball, yeah. right? And Lance Lynn's heater. I, uh, I mean, yes, it's not the swing strike rate of Coles, but still fourteen percent from a four seamer that you threw over eighteen hundred times is stupid. But what's even stupider is that he also came with a sixty four percent zone rate. Wow. So, so it's pretty much just like I'm throwing strikes and you can't hit it. You can't do anything <laughs> with it. I mean, that that's and incredible yeah, to me. He trimmed his walk rate, had more strikeouts. This was in Texas. One of the things that we need to note about Texas, they're going to a closed roof stadium. They can it's gonna be mm -hmm. retractable, so it'll be open sometimes. But the the normal effects of worrying about Texas and its heat won't be as prevalent. Right. And, and so for like minor and Lynn shouldn't be as scary. No, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily going to make him better. I think anything that would make him worse would be, I guess, maybe nullified by it. Sure. He was a .9 home run per nine guy in the first place. I, I agree. I, it's not going to make him better, by the way. Right, right. It, it just, uh, I didn't think you did. Yeah. It, yeah, if you're worried about Texas crushing him next year, I, that's the reason I bring it up. Sure, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, he has a 10% home run five ball rate. It's, I don't really think it's going to change much based on the dome uh, mm -hmm. for, for Texas. Uh, but it, 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 the thing is, he's such a one-pitch guy, and the sinker that he threw wasn't that good. And I'm kind of surprised he even threw it in the first place. Uh, Lance Lynn did, and uh, his cutter was good. I like that inclusion. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a bad pitch at 89. Uh, he did, by the way, raise his fastball velocity near full tick last year as well from 94 to 95, like which that. was a very nice addition. But this cutter he used just a change-up pitch inside the zone, 41% zone rate, uh, about 12% swing strike rate, had a 245 batting average. And it was effective because it just wasn't his heater. Um, he kind of did throw a curveball at times, but Lynn's curveball is, eh, it's eh. all right. It's, it doesn't get chases <laughs> out of the zone, and he didn't really throw in the zone enough at 29%. So not that great, but honestly, with you have such a good fastball, um, it made gave me confidence because yeah, he should if he has such a good fastball, he's thrown eighteen hundred times in a season. I mean, that, that guy's gonna have good success. You know, seventy percent plus throwing with that four seamer. Hmm, that sounds great to me. You like I, that? Yeah, I like that foundation, and it's the floor becomes much higher in that respect, especially when he's throwing two hundred innings. Exactly. Uh, he's a workhorse, too. He's been one of the true workhorses um, of of his time for Lance Lynn. 176, 202, 204, 175, 186, 157. Uh, but that was that was some health uh, or not some health. That was some ineffectiveness costing him innings as opposed to health because he still made 29 starts. And then 208 this past year, he did get hurt in 18, uh, excuse me, in 16 and missed that year. But he yeah. got right back the on the workhorse. That was the Tommy John year, yeah. Yeah, that was when he got TJ, but right back on the workhorse 
train for Lance Lynn. I like him. I think he's kind of a boring guy. But for me, he pairs well with the two guys we've already talked about, Flaherty sure. and Glass now. If you get them and you've got a little bit more risk, why not go with uh, a guy like um, like Lynn, who's a little bit more of a stable floor guy, where you think, at worst, I'm getting what? It was, you know, we don't predict, we don't try to predict health. So give me a healthy year. It's like a buck eighty and a four ERA flat. You wouldn't love that, but you're at least getting that. Sure. So you'd feel right. you'd feel fine about that. Obviously, you're hoping for something in the mid threes and stuff like that. But at least you have and an also, idea of what you're getting. It also comes with a good striker rate, twenty eight percent. Even that falls yes. to twenty five percent. You're still very happy with that. Yeah. So I, I like I like Lynn there. Um, I just wanted to highlight that that we like him and uh, and you guys should too. I, I really think he's worth taking a look at here and uh, really possibly uh, going for him. What? You know what they always say: two L's make a dub, right? Pardon me. Two L's make a dub. I don't know what that means. That means two L's is in Lance Lynn make a win. But who says that? Everyone does. Come on, Spore, get with it. Me, I, I say it, Spore. Okay, I okay. say it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you say it. How about that? Oh, thank you. Um, all right, next up, Andrew Heaney. Yes, we got we got two younger, uh, more unproven guys here. Heaney's not super young, but based in in like arm usage in terms of miles on his arm because of his health injury, uh, health track record, he is a little bit. Uh, younger than a normal 29 year old for next year would be because he only has 438 major league innings but it's because he can't stay healthy so what are we looking at here with regards to an andrew heaney who only has the 130 start season back in 18 and there was some impressive stuff in it that's what had us high on him coming into this year i know justin loved him too what'd you see in his 491 129 season uh but with 11 strikeouts per night 118 and 95 innings that has you buying back again so I will say this. First of all, do you remember what the trade was from the Marlins? Because I remember watching his first start in the Marlins, and then I can't remember what trade that was that brought him to the Angels in 2015. Wasn't it the D Gordon, like the the like a three-way, three-way and then he went for Howie Kendrick or something? Like he I was don't on know, the, he man. was on the Angel on the Dodgers for like two seconds in that big deal that had like KK Hernandez, D Gordon, uh, Dan Heron. Um, is that right? Is that is that maybe okay? Austin well, I'll, Barnes. I'll look this up in a moment. But <laughs> okay, but then so let, you know, let me finish guessing before yeah, yeah. I look it up. And then so I think he was a Dodger for like five seconds, mm-hmm. and then immediately got flipped for I think Howie Kendrick. And if not, it was a Howie Kendrick type player. Like uh, you know, it's, it wasn't Justin Turner, but that that type of player who like played a bunch of spots, decent hitter. But I, I want to say. I don't know who else it would have been from the Angels, so I'm sticking with Kendrick. Okay, so Dodgers acquired Howie Kendrick from the Angels and uh, Kike Hernandez, Austin Bards, and catchers Chris Hatcher Damn. from the Marlins. In exchange, Dodgers traded the Gordon Dan Heron, Miguel Rojas, and the player to be named later. And Andrew Heaney has been sent to the Angels in exchange for Howie Kendrick. Let's go, dude. Nicely done. So it was a three-way deal. So he was like literally <laughs> with them because I think he made a tweet about like I want to thank the Dodgers for like he was trying to be funny. And it right, was, right, right. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, I want to thank the Dodgers organization for everything as I move to the Angels or whatever like that. And I think that was <laughs> really funny. So, well, what? So, who is this Heaney guy? Well, he has a uh, curveball that misses bats at nineteen percent, a wonderful nineteen percent rate. He has a changeup that misses bats at a fifteen percent rate, and he also has a sinker that acts like a four seamer, and is eleven point five percent swing strike rate. He has That's three, three pitches. pitches over what? 15%. Oh, 
Oh, oh no, oh, no, no. Well, no, 10. sinker's at 11. Right. But yeah, he has but two. For a pitch, uh, you have to do the fastball like an adjustment because yeah, a 10% swinging strike on a fastball is equivalent to like a 15 plus percent. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I normally give like a plus five. Yeah. So, so I, that's ridiculous. That's so good. That's very um, good. And the thing about Heaney, of course, was long balls were just so aplenty. 1.89 homer per nine, 18% homer five ball rate. And he never really, it was fascinating. He came back and had three starts that were had multiple 10 strikeout games in that time, which was crazy. Uh, he had eight strikeouts, 10 strikeouts, 10 strikeouts, first three games. And he didn't showcase his changeup yet. It was just with sinkers and curveballs, massive separation between wow. uh, heaters up and then curveballs down. By the way, I love pitchers that separate vertical and uh, vertically their pitches. That is, fastballs going up and then everything else low. It just same. makes them all so much more effective. And especially when you bring them out of the same, you know, those overlays well, right. that we see, like Pitching Ninja and you guys do at Pitcher List, they're so great to show how difficult it is to really hit. Exactly. So if they're, if you see fastballs up and secondary stuff down, that means they're, as you said, coming out of that same tunnel. So we, we got really excited once he got his change of field back. It would be great. And then he went into a bit of a lull with the strikeouts. And I, honestly, I, I, I saw a lot of heating last year, and he never really got comfortable. Uh, he never got the full feel for where I should be putting my sinker and then having my curveball or my changeup on a given night. It just went back and forth. I mean, he had a game of 14 strikeouts against the Rangers and then followed up with another 10 strikeout game against the Rangers. But we never really saw it consistently from him. And then he had a terrible schedule down the stretch against the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Rays. And it didn't go so well. Uh, And that's why you have this near 5 ERA. I like him. I think that he has that repertoire that should be really good. 29% carry rate, 7% walk rate. But I'm not going to get him over. I don't know if actually how many shares I'm going to have of Heaney. Because I am going for at least four starters before about 41 Let's see where he's um, going. So. He was the 52nd pitcher off the board okay. on average in the two early mocks. A few guys he was going around in his same – he was picked 193. So I'll give you from 180 to 210. Lazardo, Jesus Lazardo, Carlos Martinez, Ryan Yarbrough. Then it was Heaney. And then uh, four, three after him, Joey Lucchese, Jake Odorizzi, John Gray. Okay, so, so it wasn't quite to two ten, but it was three above, three below. Luzardo and Heaney are back to back for me right now. I actually might. I love both. I might lean Luzardo. Give um, me both. <laughs> um, who was the other one that you mentioned right there? It was Luzardo someone Heaney? Uh, Carlos Martinez and Carlos then Ryan Yarbrough. Ah, uh, Yarbrough, no way. Should be underneath Heaney for me personally, I, just because of also the race situation is so weird and we just how don't know what it's just yep. yeah. Um, Heaney does have the opportunity. If you're looking for someone that had like a bad season and then could all of a sudden break out out of nowhere, Heaney could be that person. You don't need me to tell you that with a 29% K rate and a 7% walk rate. That's kind of nuts. But I think that those are going to invest a lot in him. I wouldn't really do that. I think the best value, at least for 12-teamers that I've seen, is going after uh, guys between the 15 to 40 ranks and essentially making your staff there, taking a small break, and then going for the better the the lottery picket uh, lottery tickets about five rounds later or so. Um, that's my draft strategy, which means that generally the forties or so, the forties fifties get kind of pushed away. Yeah, um, and that includes Teeny. That maybe Luzardo at the very end of that. Uh, but we'll, we'll see where he goes too, though, because Luzardo right. with a, a solid spring, he doesn't even have to go crazy. Basically, yeah, what he has right, to do right. is pitch regularly. And be guaranteed and, or tracking toward a spot, and he'll mm-hmm. go very high. And not to mention one talk of, oh, yeah, I think this is the year that we let Luzardo loose or something. And it goes, oh, man. And, yep, it's <laughs> over at that point. So honestly, 
those of you who draft early and you like Lazardo, there's your chance to get him at, at your best price, I bet. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, so I don't know if I'm going to be taking a chance on he. Like, if I have to draft him as my SP4, I don't know if I would. Okay. Um, I like him. I, I do worry, can he be consistent enough to hold off those home runs? I mean, that's a scary thing. 15% home run per five ball rate in 2018, 18% in 2019. I don't know if he's necessarily just prone to it. I, I, I And he hasn't really gotten much of a chance to get into a rhythm. So we'll see. It, there's a lot of haze with Heaney. He has the skill set, but we've seen the guys with the skill set before and then not execute and kill teams. Yes. So I'm very cautious of that. I have Heaney at 43 because there are a lot of weird names. Caleb Smith, Matt Boyd, Robbie Ray. These That's are question all question below. marks. Galore. That so, could all pop. Or, or blow up, right? right. Obviously, it's two, so, two similar sounding things, but they could pop. I'm avoiding all of that. I'm okay. trying not to get any of that. I'm trying to go, like, look, get your hitting for, like, the first six rounds, then go feast on the starting pitchers, and then come back to it later when well, you know uh, why. in the draft. I know why you feel this way, because you look, and Heaney is the second pitcher in your Tier 5. Trevor Bauer is the number one guy yep. there. Bauer, Heaney, Lazardo. Yeah. You then go to Tier 6. Yep. And you can't tell me that those guys are drastically different. Exactly, yeah. Than Kopech, Max Fried, and our last guy we're going to talk about, one of your one of your darlings right now, mm-hmm. Mitch Keller. Right. Now, I don't believe this, but I'm going to speak for some of the audience, I'm sure. Please tell us why he's not your next Nick Kingdom. Well, Heaney? No, no. Keller. Oh, Keller. I uh, I mean he could the be my Nick. Comp is like he, he could be. I, he throws a better fastball um, than Kingham. It's also did. not twenty eight. <laughs> and I, mean, I will Kingham say that Kingham Kingham's slider was really good, and his changeup was, but he didn't really trust it. Okay. Uh, Keller has two strong secondary pitches in his curveball and slider that he is interchangeable at times. Um, some days he really goes heavy on the slider. Some days he went really heavy on the curveball. Um, it could be. You're totally right. I'm drafting Keller essentially in like the 17th to 20th round around there. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like that's okay. Pick 312. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't care. That's why I've been harping a lot on Keller because there's no reason not to take him at that price. I think that's why I'm all see this. It. Yeah, people are going to see the 713 ERA and, and 183 whip. The, the problem is that with it really? That's so Keller. hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was very bad. <laughs> but it was like... He was he was so guardrail the guardrail. It was like he was either really great or really awful. There was really nothing in between because it was already a small sample as is. We're only talking mm-hmm. about eleven appearances. Uh, they were all starts, so we're only talking about eleven starts. Eight six 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 five two two one one one, and then uh, uh, one and two thirds where he didn't give up a run. I don't know if that was a rain delay or something like that. That but was when was, he had was the comebacker. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He was looking so good against the Marlins. I remember that. That was was pain. Great or awful. (laughs) Right. And for me, I like that profile, especially Mm -hmm. if there's something to back it up, which there is the arsenal that he had, that Keller has 95 mile per hour heater, two big breakers that can work. These show me change right now. Don't bank on that. But he still has three pitches even without the change. 29% strikeouts, 12% swinging strike rate. 475 Babbitt is not. I know. Well, well, this is the I thing. Come- like, it's not. Normally, we see with these, it's like, okay, wait, well, hold on a second. He allows too many home runs. But that's not this. 13% oh, home run oh. ball rate, 1.13 home per nine, 60% left on base rate, and 4.75 Babbitt, as you just mentioned. Like, this is ridiculous. He's not this guy. He's, no. uh, my, I think my favorite stat, um, 
I know this is very much like qualifying to just include Keller, but I'm going to do that. Uh, I believe it was over 45 innings pitched from last year among starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob DeGrom had the third highest swings percentage on pitches out of the zone at 38.3%. Uh, second highest nine. was second highest was Chris Sale at 42 and change, pretty ridiculous. Wait, Number one was Mitch Keller at 55 percent. Whoa, dude! That's so crazy. It's impressive. I mean, that is that is so. I mean, yeah, small sample and all that stuff. Tiny sample, sure, sure, sure. But that I mean, Eno talked about it in, in the first pitch Arizona uh, presentation, which was fantastic, saying you just need a guy to do th- one thing. And like once he hits that peak, you can kind of say like, "Oh, he can do this." Mm-hmm. And that's in some way what I'm seeing here. Of oh, right, he has the ability to do that, uh, and that has inherently a lot of value. Am I drafting Keller as my number five? No, I have him ranked at 59 for 12 teamers because I very strongly believe that you have your four or five stars that you that you want and you feel good with in a 12 teamer, and then last two three spots are these rotating ones as you continuously chase things off the wire. And Mitch Keller is easily the one, one of those three right out of the gate that I want to start trusting and seeing what happens. The only thing so. that, I, I actually really liked Keller um, coming out of the Arizona Fall League back in 17. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that he probably wasn't going to debut in, in 18 because they're kind of, ca- Pirates are kind of cautious with guys. So I understood that, but I liked him. And the the one thing that soured me wasn't the the... 713 ERA because I, I saw underneath it. It's the Pirates, though. I've well, actually right. become a little bit cautious. I love Musgrove, but like that's actually been a bigger problem for me recently than anything that their pitchers, Musgrove and Keller mm-hmm. specifically, have done. And so, how do you how do you balance that without passing up talent just because of that? Like, can he overcome? The Pirates. I mean, but I what happened? Pitching coach. Not even that. New manager and GM are gone. Yeah, like everything yeah. about like the institution, the is just gone. Which is so great, right? But you don't know, of course, how much will be affected right away. How sure. many of the roots of the or of the education are still you know strong within Keller at this moment? I will say this: I did see a lot of approaches last year of him head in the count and going up with heaters. I love that. And he didn't get stuck in there two same ways. Right. I mean, he has a good four seamer that throws yep. over 95 miles per hour. Like, this is – I want this guy. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. You brought him up a lot at, at first pitch. And I was like – and, you know, I was like, okay, I loved Keller. Now Nick is in this – should I go back to him? Ah, but stupid Pittsburgh. And then I was like, oh, king him again. But again, I brought the Kingdom thing kind of tongue in cheek. Oh, I know. Anybody was like, yeah, of course. Oh. Because again, we're talking like a five year difference. He wasn't really a, a full scale prospect. He was more of like a late bloomer who had a little, little flair that could maybe turn into something, and it didn't. Now, how is a legit beast prospect? Right. And there's a lot underneath that ugly ERA. And frankly, we should be happy about this ERA because it's going to keep the price depressed. Yeah, definitely. And I will say this also, we had that conversation last year, remember, about Kingham. It was kind of the similar situation, but the pool was shallower. Yes. Um, I still treat it the same way of, for my draft, there is going to be a cliff, a line I draw, where it's, okay, I need to get four guys above this line, at least, maybe hopefully five. And then underneath that is like, okay, now who am I taking as my you know higher upside plays? That's how I, mm-hmm. I do this. That's how I create these lists. Kingham was around the same place of where Keller was, just based on the pool, though. 
Uh, so that that's it's coming from the same place. Keller is a much safer one, I think, than Kingham was, as you, just skills, as you were saying. Yeah. Right. There are a good amounts. I mean, there's Garrett Richards is a very intriguing one. Your boy, mm-hmm. Nathan Iovaldi, is getting completely forgotten about. And, and, and you know that's bringing me back in, too. because I Oh, of course. Oh, do you should be. Dude. I'm so in on Iovaldi at, this, at the price of, like, nothing. There's also yeah. Keller's teammate, Joe Musgrove. That's an intriguing one. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, by the way, Wade Miley was really good for, f- like, a, over a year. Like between still, July of 2018 and August of 2019, August, yeah. I feel like so he was bad. so great. I feel terrible for him because that was. I mean, he he, he deserves so much better, and he, it got like, to him. Ruined mentally. his entire season with yeah. those two starts in particular, and just the rest of September just wasn't it was, that good. It and was like three out of four that were just ah. Oh. Like Nick, these weren't bad starts. These were season ruiners. Oh yeah. Like maybe career ruiners if he can't get out of the mental state. Yeah, but still no something innings, to consider. No innings, five runs. A third of an inning, seven runs. Mm-hmm. Bounces back with six and two against KC. One inning, four runs. I mean, that's devastating. Yeah, it, it's it's so. And the thing is also some of those were just you watch them. It wasn't like they were laced. They were just ugh, baseball. <laughs> yeah, it really was too because um, in the total of those three games he gave up two homers. So he wasn't even just getting beaten around the yard. It, a lot of it was doinkers. It was it was like it was really frustrating. Paired um, with a key double, you know, where the where Right, the, where right. Then like the worst case scenario, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, uh, other ones to consider also in that time, Brandon McKay, I think we talked about yes. him in uh before where he was an honorable mention and then all of a sudden he did terribly in September. But he's still someone I wonder if the Rays are going to let go. And that yeah. cutter is really good. And the curveball is nice. And the fastball is there, too. It's That could work out. with Max Freed. I like Max Freed. You got me on the Max Freed train for <laughs> right? sure. And especially considering uh, he had that slider that misses a lot of bats. So there, the are, there are so many. There's so many of these fun guys. So I find myself saying, why do I really want to be dancing with the purgatory pitchers of Eduardo Rodriguez and... Uh, Denilson Lamette and Robbie Ray and Matt Boyd and Caleb Smith and Jacob Rizzi. Boyd, Boyd. Yep. Yeah, I love Boyd, but it's also, I mean, based on the price of it, just no. I, I don't find it's this not there. Year's Boyd. That's right. The, yeah, sure. Exactly. About, so about the tax. So I'm not. I'm. I'm out on that stuff. And I figured, you know what? Just get four to five and feast on that. I mean, feast on getting guys like David Price, who's way too undervalued as what I've seen so far. It kind of yeah. blows my mind. Um, get your Frankie Montes. Sure, have some fun with that. I got Zach Wheeler as my fifth starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. I will take that all day. Same. Uh, and like that, your Sonny Gray, your Brandon Woodruff. Awesome. You Darvish. Just get, you can get so many of these between rounds uh, in 12 teamers, 7 through 11 or so, 7 through 12. I got, I did it. I did uh, five, five of six picks essentially were starters. And that, that was my rotation then from the wow. 7th to 11th round in the end of the, like the pitcher list mock. Speaking so, of, by the way, transition. Yes. Oh, yeah. Beautiful transition. We got, a, a, we got some already stuff. Did, you already did some picture list mocks, and you've got a trio of industry yes. expert uh, mocks starting up uh, this weekend, no? Uh, it's going to be starting on <sighs> Monday. We have a Monday, wonderful yes. gift. Don't worry. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> it's a really fun one. Uh, we're doing not one, but we're doing three this time. Yes, which is Three really cool. Teamers. I, I I'm, I'm touched that so many from the industry wanted in. You know, I would I would reach out and they were all so you know no questions. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Let me know. Um, so we're gonna be three of these twelve team mocks. That's thirty six experts in total. 
Yeah, and we're going to combine and we're going to combine the three from the pitcherless staff to get a proper six-team mock. So, yeah, so what that's going to do for those of you that have been looking at the two early mocks, those are fifteen teamers. So you may be like, I don't play fifteen, and there is a difference. You can lose. Oh, there definitely is. Idea, oh, yeah. But there's a difference. So now you'll be able to. And Smata, the guy who put together the uh, the data, yeah, he's, for he's very nice. Very, yeah, I reached out to him on Twitter, um, and uh, he he said, Yeah, sure, I can. Oh. I think I can do something like that. So I don't. I understand if he can't do it. You know, something comes up. By all means, I don't want to put you. Under the gun there, Smata. But yeah, you know, you're you're super nice. So hopefully we can do something six, like that. In some way we're gonna have a mock for this. So six data be great. points for twelve teamers, six data points for fifteen teamers. It's gonna be awesome. Nick, it was great chatting with you about these yeah. ranks. I'm gonna do an update soon. We'll dive deeper into that middle back end area there. Cause that's really where we're gonna find the gold. Exactly. Um, you know, you you, you wanna have a, I mean, I do and you've you're you're wobbling on your position on it as far as having a frontline ace uh i know last year you were like no thanks not at all oh i'm not i'm not drafting one in the first five rounds i thought you loosened on that i, I thought i would be and then i yeah. uh, as the season ended i was like wait no there's so again as i just said i would i want to craft a team of like kluber carrasco what i did what i do kluber carrasco lynn gallon wheeler i did that and i'm like why would i then pay in the first guess, six rounds for hitters i guess kluber you know, earlier than Earlier than you've really ever taken a picture. seventh seventh round is when yeah. I got clue. We have sixth in uh, yeah, he was sixth in a uh, fifteen teamer. Um, well, I, I'm still right? open to the front line <laughs> ace though. They're just so impactful. Sure. Um, and, but then I'm gonna live in the uh, in those later tiers because I do think that that's where you're really gonna make make hay, and you need so much power to keep up with the Joneses as far as uh, with the juice ball if it stays that way. That you've got to get a boatload of 30 home run hitters and those guys aren't as available late. So give me load up my middle part of my draft with power and then I'll get back in on the train of, of Musgrove and Keller mm -hmm. and all these guys that we mentioned, you know? And so I'm eager to see how that plays out. I'll have a top 100 out next couple of weeks. We'll dive back in on that next week. Sweet. I'm not sure what we're going to do. We'll, we'll talk say. about, we'll talk about the, uh, the early picks in our draft. Oh yeah, that's right. We'll have the first few rounds going. Yeah. And you'll be here. So we might yes. be able to live. There we go. That Do sounds good. <laughs> but anyways, great talking with you, Nick. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you in a week, good sir. Yeah, definitely look forward to that, and it's always fun hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.